Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Thursday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I'm joined in person once again by Sean McGuigan. Hello. And join us in person for the first time in... Goodness knows. Christ knows how long. It's Craig G. Telfer. Hi guys, how you doing? Great to be here. <laughs> it's, I was thinking we are the Charles Ingram, Diana Ingram and Tequan Whittock of the Terrace. So it's finally good Afternoon. All right. I thought you actually. I thought you were ruining that there. But no, no. You're 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 joining, and that's fine. Um, so yeah, ah, that's it. That was basically just a, a who wants to be a millionaire joke. Uh, and at the start, it's great. I've been looking forward to this all all week since it was first mooted that we, the three of us would get the chance to hang out together. It's been a long time. It has. It has been too long since we've been in the same room. Probably since oh god. Well, the last time we were in the same room would have been at the terrace rap party. Yes, in but December to, to record the podcast. You're in a terrible mood. You cheered up now? Yes. Good, good. That's nice to hear it. That's good. Uh, but it's going to be quite bad if they cheered up since <laughs> December. Aye. But in the, yes, I, th- I think it would it be Scotsman offices. Remember, we used to go around there and you see yes. a bunch of yep. disgruntled journals eyeing us up as we used and, to. And, and looking like that they were displeased at what Fowler was up to. Yeah. Like Commandeering an office for, for three. For personal gain. Hairy arseholes to, uh, to, to record the podcast. They, they actually, they really just looked like they weren't happy at you. They're just, they just they look like that always. Oh really? That was just unusual demeanor. Are you sure? Yes, I worked. I, I worked alongside them, Sean. Maybe we were going into the office thinking, "God, those guys are brilliant. I really like listening to their podcast." <laughs> and I was sort of looking as though that they uh, that they loathe us. But they, but there you go. That's that's good. Year. Did they like the podcast? Uh, I don't know if I've ever listened to it. Do they, so? Did you ever talk to them about the podcast at all? No. Why? No. 
No, because they might list it. It's literally their job. They who are those, football. Who are those no, two no, guys? The, 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 a lot of them are of a different generation. Who um, are those two guys that have just come into the office? Oh, I, I don't know. So you tell, that's what you tell them. They did, uh, they did start making comments once we'd been on the, the TV. And then it would be like, if Sean, you or Joe came in, uh, or Rob as well, uh, be like, oh, that's... They're, they're, no, they're from a different generation, so they they, they they can't listen to things. I don't think I don't think many men of their age listen to podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Who, who was a who was a sports journalist? It was a sports journalist, a broadcaster that seemed genuinely confused about what podcasts were. I'm trying to think who it was. It was a Scottish football broadcaster. Oh, it rings a bell. You know who I'm talking about? Was it Delahunt or Spence or or Spears or Tanner? It was somebody of that that ilk. Probably Tanner. No, I think Tanner had his own podcast. I think he was doing a podcast that was about Edinburgh Edinburgh football. Yeah, but I just feel more comfortable sticking the boot in him. Well, fair play. Right, we're here this week to talk about the lower leagues. Somebody who'd wipe his arse with a pair of tights and put them over his head. (laughs) And enjoy it. And enjoy it, yeah. Hey, let's uh, not talk about David Cant Tanner's sexual what kicks. What you call him, David Cant? David, <laughs> David Cant Tanner. That's terrible. You know how you, you know how like uh, surnames come from the olden days. So, so presumably David's great 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 grandfather was a Tanner. Uh-huh. Imagine there was a guy called Cant Tanner who just really shited it. <laughs> terrible. David Tanner's granddad's getting all the business, and and, uh, and then there's uh, like Graham Cant Tanner. That's <laughs> just. It was the one thing he couldn't do. <laughs> but the one thing he went into business to do. <laughs> You've missed this out. You can't do this over Zoom. You can't do this over Zoom. I forgot it's how hard it is to host one of these. <laughs> Martin against Dunfermline. Now we're talking. Hang on a second, hang on a second. We normally do. Uh, we are going to take a deep dive into three games from the lower leagues one from the championship, one from League One and League Two, and analyse it from the first kick of the ball to the final whistle. And we are starting in the championship where Green Up Morton embarrassed Dunfermline Athletic by beating them 5 0. See, Philip, that's how you do intro the games. That's how you intro them. Do you know what my favourite thing It's the same for this game and the next game we're going to talk about. The, the favourite thing when I watch the highlights of a match where it's very one-sided and a team scores loads of goals it's I always enjoy when they miss chances to score more this game there's a few uh, it could have been more it could have been eight really uh, but uh, once we get to the next match as well there's, there's definitely oh, there's been, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. that could I have think, been nine I think what's the, the, the reason that, that we chose these matches is because if anyone listened to last week's podcast uh, Sean and I covered three games and we had three goals to talk about all it, that happened in the one game it, it, if anything there's actually too many goals to discuss this week there's a lot of goals. Do you want to lose one of the games then? No, no. No, no, let's cover them all. I, I, I thought it was interesting in terms of you saying that when teams, uh, are when games are so one-sided, uh, because John Hughes would disagree with that, because oh he said in his post-match interview that other than the first 10 minutes, when Durfermline started very slowly, he said not for the first time, he felt after that point that they dominated. They <laughs> he said that Morton scored with every shot they had in target. Uh, they never... Fawn Williams had a number of fine saves that prevented it being about eight. He made at three 0 He made two. He made one very good save and two. One very good save, one good save, and another decent save at three 0 And Jack Hamilton had very little to do. He had one that was kind of right at him. 
that he kind of he was a bit pattery. He, kinda, he, he wasn't he wasn't overworked. You know, uh, that, that's thing. He wasn't he wasn't sprawling to, to catch anything. And, and you would only have you don't actually have seen that if you watched the Dunfermline highlights because unusually Morton's highlights. Bear in mind, Morton won five now. Their highlights lasted about five and a half minutes. But Dunfermline's highlights lasted almost 14 minutes. Which one do you think I watched? I'm going to imagine you watched the Dunfermline highlights. I wanted to revel in it as much as possible. Ring so I, every I, single <laughs> second of misery out of that. So I watched the Dunfermline highlights. It was uh, it, it was very enjoyable. Uh, this, this, was a, this was a dreadful performance, I think. There, there's no getting away from it from Dunfermline. I think it's the a series of embarrassments this season. And I think that the the game against Arbroath was really poor just a couple of weeks ago where they were beating 3-0 at East End Park. Arbroath ran over the top of them. But this was far worse. I mean, that's a really good Arbroath side too. I think we all acknowledge are going to finish in the top four this season. This Greenock Morton side are rubbish. We've spoken about them in the past, Sean, how, how bad a side they were. But they... they uh, I think running over the top that might be a, a common word a common expression that's going to be used over the course of the evening but I mean you could tell right from the first kick of the ball or certainly going by the Dunfermline highlights there's a moment into the match they're trying to play the ball out from the back and I'm not entirely sure who it is but uh, I think Lewis Martin I think is it Lewis Martin I wasn't sure if it was Dan Pibus or Paul Allen it was quite difficult to see the, the, the number of the player there but he, he loses the ball Reese Lyon nips in gives it to Cammy Blues and he's a low shot that's saved and you're sort of thinking, right, well, that's the tone set for the match. You're going to see Dunfermline try to play the ball out for the back. Players who are low in confidence, players who aren't necessarily fantastic at carrying the ball against a side who are just, like, quite, quite physical and, and can go and... Uh, but, and but physical but limited. And I think that's and I think that's quite the important thing. They made this Morton team look very good. And I, I appreciate that they, they may have had the, the bonus at the fact that this was... Uh, the fact they had a new manager and this was his first game and they may have had some kind of bounce but Dunfermline made Morton look very good they made Carmen Blues and, and Gary Oliver and, and Robbie like, Muirhead Gozi Hugo looked like Primera Didier Drogba they made them look very good and there was a comment in terms of John Hughes saying we, we look very good in training and I thought I, I don't know who it was and Pine Bovril said Dunfermline might look quite good in training, but they're playing against other Dunfermline players, uh, and that probably sums it up. Mm-hmm. Aye. I mean, one of the things that I found really interesting about this game is that Morton, I, mean, I suppose it's more interesting to talk about Dunfermline <laughs> than, it is, than really than it is about Morton here. But one of the things that previously, a lot of the that Morton seemed to get a lot of joy by hitting balls up to Gozi Ugwu. And Ugwu, you'll have seen plenty of them, Sean. Gozi Ugwu is a reasonably capable target man previously under Gus McPherson there would have been balls played up to him and no one pushing up to join him the number of times that balls were going up to him and he had two players off him probably about like 5-10 yards off him that were able to to deal with the knockdowns or certainly get onto those second balls that wasn't there and that's where Morton seemed to profit a lot from the the, the midfield were getting forward and and supporting him a lot more however as as you kind of alluded to a a couple of minutes ago Dunfermline made Dunfermline could just continually shot themselves in the foot so I they would they would try and play out for the back and then they would either give the ball away within their own defensive third or they would play their way into trouble then punt it forward mm-hmm. then just lose it in midfield yeah. and then suddenly they're on the back foot again and that like although that seemed to be like immediately that seemed to be something that they were doing wrong at no point during the game was it altered or fixed or remedied or there, there was he no made, plan B he made one change Todorov came on uh, sort of a thing about 20 minutes to go but that, that was the only change and where I know that necessarily if you're losing throwing more strikers on you're not going to necessarily score goals but I think he doesn't really fancy Craig White and think there's talk of him going to our broth 
there's there's a, an interesting thing with Hughes in that there, there's a similarity to when he was the Wraith boss, and it might just be a coincidence, I don't know. But do you remember when he he done an interview after one of the games and it was about Ryan Hardy? Now, Ryan Hardy was Wraith Rover's best forward at the time, and he spoke about the fact that he doesn't train particularly well. However, if he was if he, he's a lovely boy, he's a lovely boy, and if he was going at one of my daughters, and yeah. that would absolutely be hunky dory. I'll be honest, I, as a Wraith fan at that point, I couldn't really care less how well Ryan Hardy trained. I just knew that he was Wraith Rover's best forward, and if he was in the Wraith Rover's team leading the line, Wraith Rover to score more goals. I think that in Craig Whiten, Duffelman have the same kind of scenario. So maybe for whatever reason, John Hughes doesn't fancy him. If Whiten was leading the line for Duffelman, I suspect that they would score far more goals than they, than they currently are. So speaking of Ryan Hardy, this is a complete aside, but uh, I recently found out he's still only 24, which blew my mind. It feels like he's been around for ages. And seems to be doing okay. I mean, he seems to, he, 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 has, a, he, he has a career yeah. at, at Plymouth. Yeah, good for him. Uh, but it, it almost feels like, so, so I think Whiten is, is Duffelman's best forward. I think O'Hara maybe has more about him and Todorov might even have more about him than who's leading the line for Dunfermline at the moment. I find his, I find his selection choices a, a bit odd. Do you know, when you talk about selection choices, I don't know if this is what you're going to just come on and say. You, were, you, were, you took a deep breath and were about to speak. The selection of Cole Donaldson. Yes, yeah, so, well, I was just going to get on. There was two things I wanted to say, but yeah, we can talk about Donaldson first of all, because up until I watched the highlights this morning, I'd only seen the own goal. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, well, that's that's a bit unfortunate. You know, he's a crowded box. He's trying to get up and win it. He, he's flicked. It's not great defending, but, you know, he's... he's unintentionally flicked it on it's gone in the back of the net these kind of things happen so I thought oh that's a wee bit of a shame and we also kind of had to laugh about it as well because Hughes was saying and somebody put this into the group chat where Hughes's quotes about Donaldson he's like this is, I've got a real good feeling this is the place where Cole Donaldson Dunfermline and Cole Donaldson are made for each other this is where you're going to see the best of his stuff yeah, even if he was a bit unlucky for the old goal, he had an absolute shocking game. He was really bad. I mean, I, I was, you take, take the second goal, for instance. It's effectively, it is a route one football. The ball is punted up the park from, from Jack Hamilton. It's headed on by Ugwu. And he completely slices his clearance and it lands. I think it's, it's I can't, I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's uh, Gary Oliver or uh, Gavin Riley uh, finishes it, but it's uh, knocked into the path of Cammy Blows. Great finish. But the fact is that he's slicing clearances into his own box that you could say he was responsible for the third goal. Gavin Riley's goal completely loses him, doesn't seem to track the flight of the ball and, and Riley more or less got a free header into the net. And there were times where he's trying to take the ball out from the back and it's just not working. The fifth goal, Brian McLean. Brian McLean plays a defence <laughs> split in 60-yard pass where the two centre-backs are miles away from each other and friggin everyone's a UFO abduction suspect, <laughs> the entire, the entire defence and in to lift the ball over uh, Owen Fon the, Williams. The entire defence, except from the left-back, is completely at sea there. But... Uh, Bear in mind, he'd, he'd signed Donaldson and obviously had utmost faith in him. It, 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 it makes sense that he, that, that he started them in this game. What I thought was more unusual, that, in, in fact, he paired them with Lewis Martin. So Lewis Martin, from what I could tell, hasn't actually played a game since March 2000. So he had a, he had a bad injury. He's been training with the club. He's won a new deal and fair play. And hopefully he can, he can go in and, and come back for that injury. Donaldson's barely played as well. For but to have two centre-halves who have barely played at all, and I think this might now be the eighth and ninth, maybe even tenth centre-half that's played for Duffelman this season. And, and they've yet to have a decent one which is quite incredible. They've had almost all the centre-halves in Scotland and can't get a game out of any of them. It was getting to the stage that where punts up the park Looked as though they were absolutely terrifying the way where Morton were having chances mm-hmm. to score when, when Jack Hamilton was just kicking it long. That that can't happen. 
that can't happen. There was a great bit, I don't know if you noticed it in, from, from the highlights, but the bit where uh, when Muirhead scores the fifth goal by lifting the ball over away in Fawn Williams, like Paul Allen has his head in his hands. He's almost saying, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> It's just it's, they, they look in, in such a, a shabby shape, and I know Hughes that, that got a, a, a new manager. But I'm thinking, I think he won his first two matches, but all the, the think a lot of the goodwill that that people might have felt towards him, I think that's completely that that's that's, that's completely gone. I know it's early days, and the, 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 there's every chance he could turn things around, and the, there's loads of time left in the season. The fact that it's also January as well, and he can make a number of signings, obviously. We, well, well, he's just made one, uh, yeah, and, I was and, say, and we've just discussed them. Obviously, if his signings are like cold to play in this game, then that's not going to be a good thing. But there's plenty of time for it to turn around, so I could be proved. You know, it's, it's a, it's, I, it's I don't think I'm going to be. That I'm going to say this is going to be a disaster because it's just the way that Hughes is conducting himself again reminds me a lot of how he conducted himself at Wraith and how he's conducted himself in jobs where it doesn't go well. He was brilliant, he was, well, not brilliant, but he was very good at Ross County last season what he'd done there. Took a team that were bottom of the league, probably the weakest team in the division, and managed, well, other than Aki's, and managed to keep them up. And, and did so with a, a points total that I think was something like eighth overall mm-hmm. uh, in his tenure. I think there were four points adrift when he first took over and they were, you know, they were, they were safe. I mean, they'd had to do the last game of this. They won the last three games, I think, which yeah. kind of, no, that was what done it. It did, it did give them a bit of a boost, but he'd done a, a decent <clears> job. They'd obviously beat Celtic as well. But Hughes was quite humble at County. He didn't really draw attention to himself an awful lot. He didn't... He you d- think he'd learn from what happened at Yeah, he didn't do the whole bombastic Yogi Hughes type thing. And then as soon as he went into Dunfermline, and I'm, I'm actually a bit annoyed that I didn't see this coming, but as soon as he went into Dunfermline, it was all kind of these stupid you sound bites again, all about making it about him. See, see that's, that's a really interesting point. I watched his post-match interview, and I want to caveat it by saying, I, I, you know, it's, you don't want to put too much stock in a post-match interview, because fundamentally, somebody's got a camera shoved in their face like like 15 minutes after you watch your team get pumped, you're going to be a bit emotional. And just look at the, the stuff that Mother will put out there, you know, in there and those, those guys I mean the final whistle's just gone and those guys are being interviewed so it's raw it's emotional you can't hear it a lot of the time but when I was watching his interview in the match like the first like 90 seconds are, are reasonable stuff some of the observations about the game you might not in this fact I'll say that they're interesting I'll say reasonable observations the fuck the guy was saying that, that they scored with every shot so I mean you're thinking right this guy's blown but at least that's like you know it's an interpretation right it's an interpretation where I don't agree with it but if that's what he thinks and fair enough after that 90 seconds then you're going into the sort of the the, the the Yogi Hughes territory where he starts talking about fundamentals. Fundamental, you've got to do it. Think of it for your for your parents, for your for your kids. You think about it. You know that could be the best thing that ever happens to. That could be the best thing that happens to us this season because it means. And I can kind of see the point. I can kind of see the point uh, by saying that because it says like that's that's the worst. Yeah, going uh, to get. That I doesn't can, happen uh, again. That I can kind of get that point as well. And it's the kind of thing that you think as a fan sometimes when your team's getting gutted and, and you the, the opposing team goes through to make it even more embarrassing. You're kind of like good because you feel like something will no, but, change but, because of this. But he suggested that, that losing five down to Morton might uh, mean that his squad suddenly realises that they're in a relegation fight they've been in the bottom two spots since about August <laughs> surely they all surely they were already slightly aware I mean he was that's, I mean, that's when he started talking about it. I've written some of the quotes like uh, man up stand up getting about it and you have to bring out the man in you and you know something it's 
I find him a, a difficult person to, to kind of like, I, when I started doing that stuff, I was rolling my eyes, just thinking, <laughs> fuck me, here we go again. And I'm going to compare him to, like, like I, I don't know if you guys watch his interviews, but Stephen Swift, the Stennis Beer manager, I, I watch his stuff because obviously it's relevant to my side. And like, I've been quite critical of Swift on this podcast in the, in the past, certainly when Sean and I have been talking about some of the, like, the signings, some of the tactics. However, when Stephen Swift speaks, I find myself broadly agreeing with everything he says, regardless of how the match is going, because I do think he, he he's a scholar of the game. Like I'm using that in inverted commas, and and he's he he talks about the game in such a way. He doesn't overload it with technical detail. His, his assessments of the games, but it's always done in a an interesting way. And there's none of that absolute nonsense about about just the size of your ball bag and the and the size of like the, how how big your heart is. And you know something I can completely understand. If your team's bottom of the table, if you're a fan, the team's bottom of the table. You hate the players and certain things that if you're not winning players' attitudes called into question, whereas if it's like, a, if you win, get, players could play the exact same way. Win, fine. They lose. Attitude stinks. You get a guy like John Hughes in who is, you know, who is all about, you know, passion. P-A-S-H-U-N. <laughs> you know, like, like that. Do you know what I mean? That sort of stuff. However, I just think that shtick is, is wearing quite thin. I, I can understand why people would like John Hughes because he has quite good value. Certainly he talks a good game and I think that when he's going on stuff like uh, like sports sound or, or open goal, people people seem to like that because I think that there's the impression I get is there's a fundamental dislike of footballers. There's an impression that that people are footballers are pampered, they're overpaid, they're underworked, they they they've got absolutely fabulous lifestyles. I mean, the guys at fucking Dunfermline must be like what like thirty grand a year. You know, it's going to be massive amounts of money, but yet that's still that premier that opinion of premiership. Premier League players even when hundreds of thousands a week passes down down there, and I, I don't think that's the case. I just don't think that's the case. And so when I hear him, talk, especially not in the Scottish Championship, especially not in the Scottish <laughs> Championship, when I just hear him talk like that. It's just I'm so I, I just roll my eyes and I wonder what it's what it's like for for the players. And I don't think it's the the players. Yes, they're not playing well. However, I just think that that sort of like get hairy balls and, and like you need, you need you need to grow another set of balls it just it just doesn't doesn't work <laughs> that, that is why Craig Whiting is on his way at the club he has, you, he has a small scrotum you, you, he, he doesn't have four testicles but, but you know something like when I, when I was talking about people liking that I went went back and watched that post-match interview uh, when he was the Wraith Rovers manager St Mirren final by St Mirren and I was looking at the comments under the video it was a PLZ soccer people uh, liked interview. it a lot of people one, liked right? it this is, a co- this is one of the comments I wrote this down sadly in this day and age with the pansies playing the game they can go crying to their therapist if their manager shouts at them <laughs> however justified or honest and the players don't lose their jobs when things go badly and I just think that that why because he talks about society it's society's fault yeah. that, that it's easy like that, that, that people don't necessarily have problem solving skills there's a lack of resolution there might be a degree of that but I, I, I just I can but, only but, speak for but you're playing against a group of players who are in the exact same society. You're not yes. playing. You're not playing aliens. Aye, the, the, the team at the top of the league are also in the same society as you. Yes. You're at the bottom of the league. You can't necessarily blame society for you losing five now tomorrow. Yes, Rangers and Celtic and Real Madrid <laughs> are all in the the same the same society. It's it's just it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it's it seems like I don't know who it's designed who that shtick's designed to, to impress. As a fan, it does it doesn't impress me. I said there, I, I roll my eyes from what I've read. I know it's a small sample size, but looking in like. Pine Ball, for instance, Dunfermline fans seem to have already lost a bit of patience with him. Even uh, as we said, the, the January window is coming up, and there is a chance to to turn the team over. But it's just it, it just doesn't impress me. It just doesn't impress me, and it just it washes over me. Before we move on, we should probably talk about the team that won five 0 Do we have to? Do we have to? 
I, Dougie Emery may look like a reanimated corpse, but a strange m- might be a decent manager. A strange uh, screensaver to, to send out to people. It, it looked like he'd been dead for about eight days. I, I don't understand why they did that. However, that aside, that is a decent first game as a, as, it's as, not as a bad. manager. It's no bad. I, if I was a Morton fan, it, it would be very difficult not to get excited by that because actually... That that's as good as they've looked for Jizo mm. a long, long, mm-hmm. long, long time. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind as well, I, I think they'd won something like one game at home. I've looked at the forum after months. the game. There was literally there was so many. Most of the comments weren't about like because usually it'd be like, oh, he was brilliant in the day. It was just about everyone was couched with. Usually he's terrible, but <laughs> and Gavin Riley, Cameron Blues, there was somebody else as well who got, who got kind of similar praise, and that was what it was like throughout the entire team, really. And and that's exactly and and, and to kind of caveat that they won't be playing Dolphin every week. They won't be playing a team mm. that's in such poor form that got, are in such down on their luck. You know something? I think the next week they've got Air United on Saturday, and I think that's a, that's a good barometer. They're going to Somerset Park to play them, and Air United are. I don't think their, their situation is quite as grievous as Morton's was, but it's very similar circumstances. Lee Bullen has come in as a United manager, got a really good win at Arbroath for the first game of the season. So I think this is a this is going to be a really, really interesting contest and a good bellwether to see how, how, how both teams have adapted and the new gaffers. And every team in the bottom five now, with the exception of Queen of South, have now, have now replaced their manager. And in most cases, it seems to have worked, albeit yeah. with limited knowledge. So, so Hamilton seems to have improved. Air got a win at the weekend under Lee Bullen. Uh, Morton won. Dunfermline doesn't seem to have worked so far. I mean, Dunfermline don't need to get much better. They just need to be a wee bit better than Queen of South and one other team around them. So I, I, I still wouldn't I still wouldn't put them out of the equation, but it, it kind of feels like there's, there's an implosion coming I think along the lines. You know something, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to say at this stage of the season because we do have another, what, three weeks of the transfer window that are coming up and... and they, I think they can they can turn the squads over. I think as well off the park at East End Park, the the German uh, shareholders have given effectively just given the club money. As I'm right in saying that, they've just given the club they, they're not in, they're not increasing their stake in the it's club. It's an interest free loan that means that they can take over the club in the next five years, something like that. Ah, it's quite, it's quite I didn't really understand it because I'm, I'm a doble. I, I, I that's when I saw it was like six paragraphs long signed. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like that you know that meme where where someone's like I ain't reading all that like uh, please for you or sorry that happened. It's, it says it's one of one of the two things. I mean they play Hamilton on on Saturday. And this is, <laughs> just thought we just going right back to talk about the again. <laughs> sorry, sorry, because it's more interesting. Because it's more interesting fundamentally. If, if it's it's uh, I think it's, they're managed by a guy who I think that. I, I find difficult to get on board with. I know Sean doesn't like him for what happened to Wraith Rovers. You are sitting on the fence because he probably stays near you. <laughs> and then you're, you're, you're frightened he's going to come into your garden. It's, he but, is the type of guy who would do that as well. Come into your garden? No, no well, maybe not. not come into my garden. Well, <laughs> but he has, uh, he has offered out journalists before in the past. The he's on move. Take him on. <laughs> Come on, take a see what his reaction is. He can probably batter me. I'll give him that. Well, uh, let's see. Imagine he does. He actually breaks Fowler's jaw in half, like he's hanging off. Like, and you just you just tell him sorry about that, Fowler. That was completely foolhardy. See, <laughs> the next block of you for the terrace me with my jaw wound shut. <laughs> You're still your parts will still get cut. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like Dunfermline playing the Aki's next week, and Aki's do seem to be on a bit mm-hmm. of an upward yep. curve. They seem to be the the the, the best, best of the worst, aye, the best of the worst side in in, in that division. And they're, they're a side as well that um, that Dunfermline haven't beaten 
I know Dunfermline haven't beaten anyone this season, <laughs> but they're a side that Dunfermline have of Australians. I would say the thing is, I mean, I know that that, that Graham Morton are hardly uh, like Shadow and Wolf from Gladiators, but they seem like a lot softer. You know, sort of like they they're perhaps more liable to be pushed around than than uh, than, than Morton. I I I, honest, I I fully expect Hamilton to to, to win quite comfortably at the weekend. I, I, honestly, I, I think Dunfermline are in a, a, a barrel load of trouble. Right, let's move on. Let's go to League One. If we must. The game we're looking at this week is Falkirk 6. 6! Dumbarton 2. This, this uh, appeared to be a contest between two teams who have both have dreadful defences, but one was much dreadfuler than the other. You know something, see when this game came out, I know Falkirk had lost their, their previous, like they'd lost at Clyde Weekend, lost a. F- I keep, keep banging this table, I'm going to move it. <laughs> Sorry, we're recording this in, in uh, Tony Anderson's house and he's got this thing, it kind of looks like something somebody in Paul Simon's backing band would use. It's actually, it's actually just a table. You can it's call just me a out. table. Uh, there we go. So I'm going to move out of the way because I, uh, I keep gesturing and keep banging it with my with my left hand. But coming into this game, I know Falkirk had been really, really poor against Clyde when, when, when I watched them. And when it came to this game against Dumbarton, there was not one inch of doubt in my mind that Falkirk would, would obliterate them. This is a really, really bad Dumbarton. What, thing. what has happened to Dumbarton? So I'm not too, I'm not as uh, familiar with this and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would be as well. Dumbarton seemed to have a decent start to the season. Yeah, but no, well, no, yes. they, 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 no, they, they're quite a bad start. Then it picked up very slightly right. and then it's, 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 turned to, it's turned to crap. I think they've, is it one win since October? I think it's, yeah. I think it's four points from a possible 36. Uh, I, Dumbarton's an, an interesting case and we've spoken about John Hughes in terms of how he comes across in post-game interviews and, and pre-game interviews and we possibly we possibly judge him a bit on, on that whether he is whether he's for us and how we how we uh, think about him as a, as a manager I think Stevie Farrell maybe is another example but the, the other way if that makes sense so when I listen to Stevie Farrell point, yeah. coming across as a manager when, when he was the, the Stranraer manager and don't get me wrong it's not as if I, I watched every single uh, Stranraer interview oh you didn't no I didn't <laughs> every now and again I did uh, but I thought he came across very well and as a yeah, consequence I like him, I like him. I like him and I, I, I've always thought he's probably a, a very capable manager. However, if you were to actually look at his track record as a Stranraer manager, it's probably mixed. However, when he was appointed Dumbarton manager, I thought that's probably a good move. And the squad he put together, I didn't think it was great. No. But I did think that when you looked at the other teams that you expected to be in bother, whether it was Peterhead or whether it was East Fife or Clyde, Clyde you think, right, they might just have about enough to maybe be mid-table and, and stay clear it, but no trouble the, the promotion playoff places. But actually, there's probably there's, there's probably a few things have went wrong. Some of the players are probably a wee bit past it. Certainly fullbacks, maybe Andy Gagan or Paddy, Paddy Boyle. Boyle. In terms of other defenders, Gregor Buchanan, I don't think is as bad as he's made out to be, but he's not having a good season. I thought Joe McKee was a good signing, but certainly in, in terms of set-piece delivery, you don't need to be fit to have a good set-piece delivery, but... He hasn't delivered at all this season. Uh, and certainly up front, they, they don't really have a forward worth their name. Something like Bring Calvin Orsi. Something like Calvin Orsi will work hard, but yeah. is he going to score 10 goals? N- no, he isn't. So there's there's problems all over the park. And the, the, the form that they're in, I think if East Fife is going to catch up with anybody this season, and certainly based on this performance against Falkirk, where they were dreadful. I mean, really awful. I, I thought maybe Dunfermline's... Well, well we, we talked about Cole Donaldson having a bad game. Oh. I worked. Eden Lynch. That's the... 
you know something like Dumbarton's performance in this it was we had spoken about uh, or we, I think we'd certainly touched on it was uh, like Falkirk from Falkirk got beat 6-0 by Queen's Park and that was the worst defensive performance of the season this is worse this, the Eden, this Lynch's, trumps it. Eden Lynch's individual performance here was so bad and it's, it's weird as well I was actually texting Fraser Clark earlier the to actually how to spell Eden Lynch's name I don't how know what I said I, how, to, how, to, how to spell it's E-D-I-N struggled struggle with that one uh, no, how, how to pronounce his name whether it's spelled as in like Eden as in, <clears throat> as in uh, the John Steinbeck novel East of Eden or whether it's or, or in, the club in Ibiza or the club in Ibiza mm-hmm. or whether it's like Eden as in um, Edinburgh Castle Edinburgh City Football Club Edinburgh Edinburgh uh, and it's Eden so and he was saying that they'd actually played very well against Airdrie the, the previous week. I know Dumbarton lost that, but I think Airdrie had to work quite hard to, to get the win. But this was this was just awful. Just it pretty much right from the right from the very start. I mean there's a uh, literally because because like they like Falkirk had a half chance after ten seconds and then a really good chance after thirty five seconds. You see there's a really funny bit in the I don't know who it was that was doing co commentary for Falkirk. I texted somebody and, and he wasn't sure, but there's a great bit where there's, there's like a like, I don't know who who's I think it's Williamson plays a sixty yard diagonal on top of Andy Gagan's head. Andy Gagan struggles to do it, goes out for a corner, the co commentator is like a, this looks promising. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, Nostra- correct. Hi, Nostradamus <laughs> there sitting watching the watching the game because he was absolutely right. I mean, Ryan Williamson looked as though he had a fantastic game. You mentioned there there are a couple of guys in the Dumbarton side that are, that are past their best, but but Lynch. I mean the the, the second goal for, for once. I mean this was the, when I actually watched it. I, I, the first thing that came to mind was clinical, and then the commentator immediately said that it's a clinical finish for Callum Morrison. But the, it's a long ball that comes in, Lynch completely miscontrols it and the ball like it's almost he, like a pass it's almost like a trapped pass but even the decision to try and take a touch with a Falkirk player right in front of him or a Falkirk player right behind him was a stupid thing I, I mean that's well, well, but, t- well but only when your touch is that bad no, but <laughs> I mean <laughs> I didn't need to take it take, I mean, even it would, if he'd taken a good touch he would have been under pressure he's, he's first given the proximity of the two Falkirk strikers his first thing should have been to send it back where it came from I, I, I'm not so sure I, I, I think I think if only one person knows how bad his first touch would be, so so yes, I suppose it was a terrible decision. And there's the thing; it goes like Anton Dowd's nicks off his toe and plays it into Morrison. It's actually it's clinical because it's like it's, it felt like um, something like a David Attenborough documentary where like a pack of hyenas pick off like the weak gazelle and just like just bully it into submission. And that's that's exactly what happened. And it happened. It happened a number of times. I mean, there's you can say Lynch was responsible for the the first goal because he doesn't pick up Danton Dowds, and it's a good finish by Anton Dowds. But it just felt as though there was maybe Lynch is one because he's closest to Dowds, but no one really it, it was saw good, him where he was coming from. It was good movement as well for Dowds, though. Like he kind of changed direction about three times. And the interesting thing about Dowds was I don't know if he would have. So obviously he scored the hat trick. I I don't think he would have scored the hat trick without this loan move to Arbroath. Because as much as some Falkirk fans have questioned the fact that he went out on loan, I think Dowd has come back a far better player than than when he went out. No, I don't, but, don't disagree with that. There wasn't too many Falkirk fans that were that were questioning the fact that he went out on loan because he, he wasn't performing for Falkirk. And that's maybe because he was part of a squad that, was, that, that, that wasn't getting the most from the manager and, and was underperforming. But he's come back, and there's been question marks over over Falkirk's uh, forward line all season, and and whether they had anybody that could fire them into the playoff places or, or beyond. 
based on Saturday's performance, Dows can do that. I mean, I'd say, and probably in Dow, against Dows, you're not going to be up against a, a defence as generous <laughs> as that. I mean, fuck me, they, like, for instance, his fourth goal, I'm not sure it does it, but somebody passes it to him. Somebody tries to pass the ball back to Sam Ramswam and it goes to Dows. I will say in Dows, because it's a really good piece, he sort of leans backwards as he takes his touch, which completely throws Ramsbottom and allows the ball to, to slip between his legs and Dows is able to go around and, and finish. But Dumbarton were, Dumbarton were absolutely uh, dreadful. To go back to Linz, there was one point I did want to pick up on, and this is uh, the continual um, disdain for the Falkirk TV commentators. There's a bit where, again, Lynch is a nightmare. Even this about me. He slips, and Callum Morrison goes in, and, and Ramsbottom comes out to make himself big, perhaps handles the ball on the line, and the Falkirk TV commentator, like fucking Randall Weems from recess, Miss! Miss! He handed it outside the box! And, and then it's like, it's like oh, let's, he clearly handled it outside the box. Let's see a replay of it. And it's like, well, you can't tell. Oh, clearly. No, you can't tell. And in fact, I actually think he's, he's slightly inside the box or he is on the line. Because he's just a clipe. The boy's just a clipe. Imagine going to school him. Who is, who is the keeper you said again? Uh, Sam Ramsdale. Sam Ramsdale. So he comes out and he kind of, when he makes a save, he's, he's sliding. He's sliding feet first. So his arms are back. So his feet are outside the box, but they're only barely outside the box, and it hits his arm, which is behind, which is obviously behind him, behind his feet. So his feet's only slightly outside the box. He's he's a goalkeeper of about six foot. So I would say his torso and therefore his arms were inside the box. So it's I, definitely not clearly outside what the box. I'll be honest. I thought it may have been just outside the box, but. The, uh, to, to argue with Lewis, he wasn't clearly outside the box. What about the fucking state of the third goal? It's like Pignatello passes, like, hits a blind back pass. Dowd's, I mean, there's like four defenders around them, and he's just like, Dowd's is like just somebody who's like in a rush to get his shopping done, and he's going past these like, like old folk in the, the supermarket. And it's a good finish, but just dreadful defending, that, really, really bad defending. That was Lynch again with the, the Morrison one. That was, that was Lynch's mistake. Yes. It, was, it was a similar one to the, the first goal where he just takes a, a horrendous touch, but, oh, sorry, the second goal where he takes a horrendous touch but then the sixth goal I had to rewind it because I was like oh who, who played that pass and as soon as I saw it was him I was like I was like Billy Connolly with the, with the Eider down it's him mummy it's him again I, I, a bad day never, in the office never seen, him. Uh, a disaster never seen a Billy Connolly stand up is it funny uh, yes it's quite popular excellent um, you, you must have seen a Billy Connolly stand up I've never seen it never, what, watched, what, never, so, never watched Billy Connolly never watched Still Game never, I've, I've seen Still Game it's garbage so, no, that is as foul it is no. oh, oh you're worried in case Martin Hines is listening and he's in Michael uh, you, well, whatever <laughs> Give a rat's ass. Why, why, why would you not watch a Billy Connolly? Is it just because other people think it's funny, therefore you want to, you don't want to join in? Oh, listen, this, this, this is a Badil syndrome argument again. You, you, know, you, like, you and Chris Ferry would have a lot to talk about. <laughs> tell you one thing though, see, Falkirk will not do anything this season unless they massively upgrade those centre backs. They're, they're, this game could have finished about 10 4. There was a bit that uh, I think it was Ben Hall tried to he, he, he came low I think it was Connor Duffy that headed it and he and I think Duffy should have scored but it was just really bad defending from Hall and I think unless they, they, they make moves to, to ship him out then I don't think they're, they're, they're going to get anywhere because they've got Erdionians on uh, on Saturday and Falker have got a really really poor rep. I mean, again, saying they've got they've been crap all season but I think, I think they, they tend to do okay against the sides that are around them but the sides further up the table I know they beat Erdry right early doors in the season but I think that that guys like like uh, like Callum Gallagher, Dylan Easton, for instance, will have a field day against uh, Brad McKay and, and Ben Hall. So that's the concern. I do think f- I'm not sure if Falkirk are on an upward trajectory. As we say, it's, it's very difficult to predict 
what teams are going to do until say like like the end of the transfer window when they've made their movements. However, I I just think that it's. Aye, it's the, 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 not was, until they get that, not to get that backline sorted out. I, I suppose my concern would be although, and and, and to, to defend the centre backs, neither of them were at fault for these goals. N- no, no, but the, no, but the defence in general was it was at fault for that that first goal, Paul Payton's goal. That, I mean, they, they tried to play Gary, to the back. Yeah, the Gary, first, Gary Miller first, tried aye, to play Gary it out, Miller, and then Gary Miller just wanted to get in on the act of doing something <laughs> stupid for the ball in the own box. But but that suggests again, there's still uh, there's still an abundance of problems with that uh, Falkirk battling. Did you think it was a penalty? Just uh, to go with the, I thought it was handball. No, I, th- I thought it was given for. So I think it was was it Leon McCann. his arms across. I lost McLean. Well, I thought I thought it was given for because it struck his arm. No, I think it'd been blown before then. The referee. No, it definitely was blown before then because the referee starts to make the movement before the the ball hits the defenders. It hits the defender in the centre. You know, what I will say, I was absolutely delighted for Anton Dowd. So I know we kind of touched on him earlier. I uh, I really like it when guys come from like non-league football into the SPFL and, and, and then going on making names themselves I'd say, I was going to say there's a, a rich tradition off that as I, I rhyme off about three players including <laughs> Danny Denham who made his like a debut in the, the S- SFL back in like 2012 but guys who've played university football like Danny Denham Omar Kader Blair Lyons and and, uh, and Dowds and I know that, that it looked as though that it might not have worked out for him in Falkirk him getting his act together, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. And I think that, again, reading Pine Bovril, I think a lot of Falkirk supporters weren't too impressed by his post-match interview. He seemed fairly sanguine about the fact that he just scored a hat-trick. He was, being, he, he was asked a fairly series of like like fine questions. Softball questions. Like, softball questions. And, and I actually think that the interviewer did quite well when they moved on to the, 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 the other stuff, like to talk about the actual goals themselves. He did seem to liven up. But I think there was a wee bit too much being read into that. They, they seem to read into the fact that he kept saying Falkirk rather than we. And he, kept, he referred to our broth as we. Uh, but I, I do, I, I do, I, I don't think Dowds will be at Falkirk next season. And I think he'll be in the, he'll be in the championship with someone, but not Falkirk. What do we think of Aidan Keener's tweet digging out Gary Holt? What did he say? Uh, he said something like, so what was it that... Oh, how, many, how many is Aidan Dowds scored? How many is Anton Dowds scored now? Which suggests to me that the the squad weren't too keen on Gary Holt either. I wouldn't have been too keen on that if it was your pal, somebody who you're training with every day and who you might get on really well with. If someone starts slagging off, of course you're going to be defensive about it. I'm delighted, that's it, say, delighted, absolutely delighted for, for, for Anton Dowds. And, and whether or not he's, he's at Falkirk this evening, he's, he's still going to be here to the transfer. I think his contract, he was a two-year contract he was given. Yeah, so he's, he's contracted to the summer. Right, so one year less than Brad Mackay got. <laughs> nice one, Gary Holt. <laughs> um, Gary, Gary Holt's entire vibe through his tenure was one of quite flippant the entire time. Like, I, completely, I mean, if you want to go back and talk about that Q and A, yeah, com- but that's that's almost what it seemed like the entire time. Like a pun on open goal when Falker could absolutely yeah. toil in and stuff like that, and yeah, it just never seemed to. I think Falkirk fans were getting frustrated that he never seemed to really respect the, the kind of situation that they're in, which but is dire. I, like, he shouldn't be joking at all. But then behind, I suppose it's difficult to judge because they don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but certainly in terms of that Q&A, it was like he didn't know how to judge it. So it, it kind of came across as if he was awkward and it was like, right, should I try and be jokey? Should I try and get people on side by making jokes which don't come across that well? Yeah. He, he, he just didn't judge the room. George, if I can just start... I can't dance. <laughs> I was like, Ken, that was it. I'll do that again. You can edit this out. Ken, I'll just say this. I can't dance. 
Uh, dreadful stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, do you think Falkirk can get in the top four? Aye. I hear Queen's Park. Do you think it's only that what I'm seeing a lot of similarities between League One and League Two, where I think the top three positions are, are sewn up, and there's only that that fourth place. Who do you think Falkirk get ahead of Queens? I I suspect Falkirk will get in the playoffs, and I wouldn't. I mean, based on on one game against Dumbarton, who are absolutely <laughs> wretched. I I don't think it's impossible that Falkirk go up, but they need to improve hugely, and and I wouldn't say that Saturday's performance necessarily makes it. Uh, Okay, big game though uh, where Dumbarton are at home to East, East Fife. Fife. This is a this is a six pointer. I think Dumbarton win this, they can put a what's that an eight point gap between themselves and East Fife at the bottom of the table. But East Fife win says just two points. I know East Fife were pretty crap against um, the Cove Rangers. They, yep. they beat, they beat them three 0 after we had praised them for for at least giving a good effort against against Montrose. So I, I think this is actually weirdly enough. I think this is probably the game of the, the game of the weekend in in League One. And the Martin at home. Yes. Oh, well then he's five for Goose. They don't travel well, just like Dennis Bergkamp. No, actually, he travelled fine, just not on an airplane. Just not an airplane. No suggest- <laughs> suggesting that he's five for going to Methyl International. <laughs> he just travelled slowly. Aye. So he was. It was. I think he was coming back from the nineteen ninety four World Cup, and there was a, a bomb threat. On the, the, the Dutch I plane. thought it was he had friends that died in a plane crash or something. No, no. Oh. Um, trying to think I can get a 9-11 joke in there. Okay, <laughs> 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 would, would, would this be the first time you've been a 9-11 joke and it wasn't edited out in a long time? Aye, listen, you know what, we've all had one beer each. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all okay. I feel like it's good. Like, uh, uh, you know, I've had uh, three non-alcoholic beers. Thank how's you the, I, know, I know you've got a problem with alcohol. With drink. Yes. How's, uh, how's the, uh, the, the, the non-alcoholic stuff coming on? It's good. It's, uh, the, thank you to those who recommended it for the cravings. It does actually help. Does it? When you, aye, when you feel like is having it, a drink. Is it that bad? You have, do you have cravings for alcohol? Yes. Uh, during lockdown, I just started drinking in the house all the time and then I got oh to the point where I couldn't drink. I couldn't go about three or four days without having one. So. Oh, my little soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so so this, uh, this, this like non-alcoholic stuff of that kind, it's like a nicotine patch almost. You're still getting your... Yeah. Right. See, I've, I've never... I, I, I could go... You know what? You know in, in train spotting where, where Renton tries to get off the junk and Sick Boy just does it as well just to prove that he can? I might go out drinking as well. Just see how... This, that, see, that, that lager, that's my last lager. Tell <laughs> well, you were saying earlier to Tony you were like wanting to lose... Uh, like you had the goal wanting to lose a bit of weight before the show coming back. I've already... I've, without trying, I've lost three kilos just for not drinking for 12 days. So. Before this podcast started, you said you were desperate for another lager. I know. Craig Telfer. But I'm just now, now since Fowler's shown off about his progress, I want to... <laughs> There's only one Craig in this room who's going to be the slimmest, and it's, it's I, I I will die if it's uh, if it's not myself. No, no, good 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 luck to you, Fowler. Um, uh, I know addictions addictions no laughing matter. Right, let's. You, move. Were, you weren't like hiding vodka bottles in the toilet system, no. <laughs> injecting oranges with gin or anything like that. It was chewing the fat, was it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you have watched that episode? Oh, chewing the fat's funny. Oh, that, that's the uh, that's the other one. That's ah, a sketch show. Still, still, game's not funny. I'd, I'd, honestly, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend Billy Connolly. Uh, still you, game, still you game. Like him. Still game. Just like the, the ask the guy that is like as if you oh you suckle for a joke, just put your dick at the end of it. <laughs> you old bastard. The the still game sketches were, were good. Yeah, they're funny. Tune the fact they they're funny. No, doing Jack the songs. Bar. Uh, uh, the, uh, oh no, that's the wrong one. Uh, Nineteen bottles of milk on your doorstep. Tell me you're no longer alive. Like that's one. 
<laughs> they were good. And then <laughs> once they got their own series, it was like, I became right. less funny. Like, what do you think about that, fella? Are you going to, uh, what do you think about those opinions? I disagree. And let's move on to League Two. <laughs> well, Stennis Beer, tell for Steam. Oh fuck! I was doing a windmill and punch my. See, I, we're we're trying to do new things here. The, the listeners won't be able to see this, but we're all wearing headphones at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I accidentally did a windmill uh, and um, like Chris Akabusi and record breakers, and I accidentally almost punched the the earphones off. All right, <laughs> but not a wooga. No, no, it was uh, John Fashion. That was John Fashion. John Fashion said a wooga. Um, we confirmed that earlier. Yes. Yes, I uh, texted John Fashion and he said, "No, you're absolutely right." Chris Akabusi <laughs> said, "All right." I said, Awuga, what are you doing tonight? I said, I'm doing a podcast, I'll catch up with you shortly. And then just left it at that. <laughs> so, Stennis Muir came from a goal down to defeat Albion Rovers in Telford. And when you mentioned about it on Saturday, you were quite pleased with Stennis Muir's performance. You know, I, to, to, I'm going to start by saying we talk about Stennis Muir quite a lot on this podcast. And I actually think it was something that, that we had tried to avoid doing. We wanted to talk about Cowden Beef's predicament. They were beating 3 1 at home by Annan Athletic. But because a couple of the volunteers from Brew Brazil TV were isolating because of the COVID protocols and whatnot. There were no highlights for that game, so we had to come crawling back to the Warriors. <laughs> and and uh, yes, I, the, the 2-1 scoreline really flatters Albion Rovers, really flatters them, because Stennis Muir had a number of really good chances, and I think that had they taken them, I don't know, actually, weirdly, when I was driving back from this game, I thought, I wonder what Stennis XG was in this game. <laughs> <laughs> because I think... Uh, I'm going to see if I can find I, out. I, I, think I, that, I don't think we can. Does his XG go as low as League 2? I'm just about to find that out. Don't. Don't. Let's see what Wisecout's got to say for itself. Wisecout does not have League 2. Uh, and no, it doesn't. I'm going to try anyway. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have it, but bash on. While uh, we'll just sit in silence for a little bit for <laughs> to uh, check whether or not that's uh, the case. No, no. It, it flattened because Stenhousemuir had a number of good chances that, that were passed up, combination of poor finishing and, and, and half decent goalkeeping. Albion Rovers, meanwhile, Sean, you are wrong. It what? does have XG stats for League Two, and Stenhousemuir's XG was two point seven six Telfer. So Get there away. You go. The that more seem, you know, that seems a wee bit low. I think I thought we'd be higher than that. Well, Albion Rovers was only zero point seven. Oh, that's about right. I'll be no. You know something? It's like we we talk about Stenny quite a lot, and and it's quite interesting to focus on other team. Albion Rovers are the worst side of that. That Albion Rovers team that's the worst side I've seen this season. They scored a goal. It was like a, a free kick. Stenny's are having massive problems with set pieces. They they struggled with set pieces all season, and the balls. Taking it in the box, it pinballs about a wee bit, then then crawls embarrassingly over the line of uh, Max Wright's arse. Other than that, though, they they rarely rarely threatened, and it was really really easy for Stenhouse Muir. They'd um, Nat Weatherburn. Uh, so I'll, I'll go back a step. When you go to Clifton Hill at this time of year, you know the pitch is going to be absolutely bogging. It looks like it's not. It looks like uh, German artillery have shelled a potato field, right? So that's you know the the worth of both worlds there. <laughs> And this match as well, because it had been snowing in, in Glasgow and the surrounding area on the Friday, this match was subject to a pitch inspection, which it passed at 12 o'clock. And you're thinking, geez, oh, this is just going to be no football here. It's just going to be big laddies just, just banging into each other. Like, uh, what was that? Going back to gladiators. You know that one where they all go inside the, the big spheres and, and run into each other? No. Yes, I can't remember what it's called, though. Spheres. I, I, no, they used to push it, you know, like that. They're pushing it to go over bits in the, the smoke would come and they got points. Well, and vaguely Aye Well imagine that Big, but big bubbles Aye but Imagine this I, I, know, I remember I, was, I yeah. don't know what it's called Atlasphere Is it something Atlas something If you know the answer Get in touch On Twitter Tagging myself Fowler and Sean And put the word Gladiators Question <laughs> mark 
But that's, that's what you're expecting. You, you're expecting it to be a battle, but it was very, very one-sided. I thought Nat Weatherburn arguably was the best player in the park. Him and Mikey Miller dovetailed really, really well. Stenspear can figure into a back three, but Stephen Swift, actually going back to the point I made earlier, I, I'm contrasting him with John Hughes, he said the whole point of going to a back three is because he knew it was going to be absolutely minging. So they wanted three big lads at the back just to head balls away and to, to get involved. And... Ultimately, it worked because Albion Rovers never got near. Nicky Jameson has been a really good sign since he's coming from Aloe Athletic, kept them at bay, uh, and, and and Rovers just offered nothing. I, I was kind of hoping for some like Charlie Riley had scored against the Warriors earlier in the season, like a couple of months ago. He's on loan from Motherwell, looked really good. Blair Malcolm, who's joined from East Kilbride, had a couple of nice touches in the middle of the park, but was kind of dominated. Wanted to be a bit more for Max Wright, and he scored, but. Uh, I mean, I don't think he knew much about it, to be honest. There's, 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 there's a, not a, a really not a, a positive thing I can say about the Rovers, and I don't like that because you always think they want to bring something to the table, but that that just wasn't the case here. I, I suppose the big question would be how on earth did, and I, I, I don't know who picks it, the the SPFL team of the week, but how did Thomas Orr not get in it? And and when when Steny Twitter mentioned it, I, I I am in full agreement. You can sharpen all. <laughs> Thomas Oz scored two goals with a, a, a combined uh, he must have been about five yards out for both added together <laughs> what's the, what's three the, yards it's, out and two it's, yards it's out it's the, the Albion Rovers goalkeeper Cammy Binney I know he's quite well rated at Clifton Hill and I know he did well at Stirling Albion previously but he's a nightmare against the Warriors this season I mean that goal I mean Darren Christie's cross that, that comes in for the byline is travelling about four miles an hour and somehow he spills it into or to, to shoot in, into the into the net Sean I would just like to say that whoever uh, posted that from the Stenismere account uh, when I said three month ban afterwards I don't know if it'll be three months but there will be a ban now on Stenismere <laughs> people who do do this don't really understand that I am a, an insecure petty and vindictive man so Stenismere yep no regardless of what they do there'll be no team of the week players for a good time what does it matter that's the thing I don't understand why, why clubs I mean, it's, it's, it's quite small time getting upset about it because it's not as if if your player gets in team you get a thousand pounds from the STFL <laughs> that you can that, that you can use it doesn't work like that so there's not real clamour it's just that your, your name gets mentioned in a graphic that's, I mean, it's a, it's a nice prestige thing, and I'm sure it's great for the players. And I've no doubt there'll be players who have put it in their CV or their LinkedIn page. You know, when they're at town that they go to, like play like uh, in the United States or something like that. And say, I've got an SPFL team. Well, this big hairy jobber, if they came up to him and slapped him silly, no clue who they were. I just read an internet forum that they'd done quite well yep. for a, for a game. Uh, but it's, it's the sort of thing. It, there's no need to uh, to get upset about it. There was an unusual situation at, at Stenny's equaliser because there was three. Three children behind uh, Albion Rovers' goal. Now, bear in mind, the, the game was played at Coatbridge, so you presume that the ball boys are all Albion Rovers fans. But one of them started going celebrating daft. Like, it appeared that one of the ball boys was a Stenny fan, which is quite unusual. The, there's a, there's a, a young element that I've started supporting Stenhouse me, the Stenny young team who I think were, were they let off a maroon flare uh, and were, uh, were, 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 I think, were kicked out. And then the they went round... Have you been to Clifton Hill before? I'm not exactly sure, but yes. there's a big over bit, you know, they sort of built into their housing area in the back after they were kicked out. They went just up to stand on top of this housing uh, estate. So they still got to watch the match, arguably from a better vantage point than, than, uh, than, than where they were uh, where they were previously. So I, it was like, you know, something. There's there's not a lot to... There, there really isn't a lot to say about this game. It was just, it was very one-sided. There, there was the... The Stenny equaliser, it was a bit of good fortune because I don't think that uh, Corbett is looking to pass. But it's a very worked goal before then. Yes, With, with uh, Ross Forbes, is it Ross Forbes? Yes, sir. Uh, he's running aye. in behind. And, and Corbett's run off the wing is quite good as well in the link-up quite well. And he looks like he's trying to shoot. 
Uh, but uh, it, you, it goes a bit skewed, Thomas Orr there to tap it into the back. It's, uh, it's uh, you know something. It's actually a very good finish from Thomas Orr. Actually, to, you know just the, the timing, just to throw yeah. yourself in front of that because at the time, from my vantage point, again, I thought that's a fucking great ball in Fadam Corbett there. Like he, <laughs> he hit the byline and drills it across the face to go. He shanks it. Let's <laughs> be honest. He completely shanks it, uh, and Orr does well to win. But but those are two players I actually want to praise. I think Orr has had a lot of stick from Stennis Muir fans and I'd say deservedly so because there was a lot of expectation for him joining the club from either a good season at Stranraer last year he had worked well with Stephen Swift at BSE Glasgow in the past and I think fans were just looking for like done well last season worked well we're going to get a guy who's going to score about 15 goals this season and it hasn't worked for him uh, and, and folk are getting on his back and he's actually played well Sterling Albion Stennis Muir lost to Sterling Albion at the, the start of the year he was, he was the best player in the park in that he scored um, and, and did his best to hold it to play he was he was very good here but my, my favourite player at Stennis Muir just now is Adam Corbett who he's been at the club for about a year now had signed from Spartans and I think that he looked to be a bit lightweight to begin with uh, and I think that his <coughs> he's perhaps suffered a wee bit because of his versatility that he's an easy player to, 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 to drop out but he has now been recast as a right back and subsequently that match a right wing back I don't think he's ever played there before but he motored up and down the wing very well chipped in with an assist had a, a cro- another cross that, that could have been converted so I really hope he does well and actually if I was Stephen Swift I would look to get him tied up for another year because I think he's a, I think he's got the capabilities to play one level higher the only, the only other thing I wanted to bring up about this game was the opening goal given to Max Wright was it though the ball seemed to take about four deviations if after he last touched it if it's not Max Wright then then who would, who would you give it to <laughs> one of the defenders or the goalkeeper well there's, there's the thing about the, the goalkeeper that's coming do you remember when Sensmere lost 4-1 at Kelty Hearts earlier in the season so Ryan Marshall, that was the last time he played. He had that one where Jimmy Barjonas was in and goal, and rather than diving at his feet, he tried to kick it out, <laughs> kicked it off Barjonas and went in. I mean, it's, it was horrendous. It was one of the most absurd pieces of goalkeeping I've ever seen in the flesh. And after that, he was dropped, and you think, well, there's no chance he's going to get back in the team. But Davy Wilson, his understudy, comes in, and over time, Davy Wilson starts doing really bad, so Marshall has to come back into the team. And we're thinking, I remember talking to... Like I'll be honest, like, this is this will sound really bad. On Saturday, I'd been for a haircut in, in Falkirk and came back through to Glasgow. And I was thinking, Chris, it's really cold outside. I actually don't know if I can be bothered. Uh, I might just stay in the house today, put super put soccer Saturday on. When I saw the team lines and saw Ryan Marshall was starting, I actually sprung up and was like, Can I wait to see what this guy's gonna do today? <laughs> I was in the queue I was in the queue getting to the Clifton Hill got talking to an Albion Rovers fan in front of me and I said listen see if you get a, see if you, the space opens up for like 40 yards 30 yards I was shoot is it all going he's like Barkas you know it's like he's, he's just he's a Joe aye, aye exactly exactly but, but that's the thing I think in that second half he must have taken I'm not kidding less than 10 touches of the ball and I'm including goal kicks and pass backs and stuff like that he had nothing to do but but as bad as Albion Rovers were they're, they're still not going to get sucked in at the bottom are they? well you know something that, that's very interesting because Steny are up against Cowdenbeath uh, next week and I, I, weirdly enough I'm approaching this game with a, a wee bit of trepidation because like I mean, Steny played Sterling Albion as we mentioned Sterling Albion lost 7 in a row quite comfortable beat, beat them 2-1 and you're playing up against a team like all the signs are pointing to a Warriors win you're playing against a team who've won two games all season scored 12 goals in 19 you know rock bottom at the table it's, I, I am I am worried about it however perhaps uh, you're right I mean that's it's an 11 10, uh, 10 point gap between them at the bottom something would have to go very very badly wrong in Coatbridge for them to get suckered in because 
can't see anyone other than Cowden finishing bottom. And are you now confident that Steny will finish in the playoff places? That's an interesting question. I, I think I'll wait and see what I'm going to do the, the same answer I've given over the, the last three matches, wait and see what happens in January. I think Stennis Muir, the new goalkeeper, I think that's been in the cards for for a while now. I think that Harry Stone, going back to Heart of Midlothian from Partick Thistle, he's somebody that I'd perhaps like to see come in. Uh, perhaps I was a wee bit more fanciful. Kevin Dabrowski from Hibernian. Willie Muir, who's not playing at Queen's Park. Uh, or, or Jack Hegarty, the, the the young goalkeeper at Queen's Park. I think they're better options than, than what Stenny have got at the moment. It's whether or not that Stephen Swift thinks that there's an issue that, that needs addressed. I mean, he's, he's not daft, he'll have seen the stuff for himself. And I think that bringing Marshall back in, I don't th- I'm an impression, but we saw from Marshall doesn't fully trust him either. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see uh, wait and see what happens there I think another striker as well Robert Thompson still will be coming back and I think we need someone to come in and ease the burden from, from Thomas Orr but aye um, I, I'll wait and see because I mean there's Edinburgh Edinburgh just got a game in hand and there's goal difference that's separating them um, you, know, you want to talk a wee bit about Cowden? I Did you watch more Ross's post-match interview? I, I watched Morris, Morris Ross's post-match interview and he had a real Odd vibe about him. Yeah. I know there was a, a degree of excitement from Cowdenby fans when he came in, probably because he just wasn't like, like you know, when a, a team in League Two and they, they kind of lose a manager, and it's generally like the, the kind of typical names that are kind of banded about. It's generally the four or five names, they, and you, you go in McBook and it's like, oh, Jesus, oh, there's nobody there that's interesting me whatsoever. And the fact that Morris Ross Cowdenby fans seem to be reasonably excited by it, I, I, I was unsure about him, and, and this post-match interview uh, on, on the back of that defeat at the weekend m- made me even more wary of him. You know the episode of Friends where Ross keeps going, I'm fine? <laughs> yes. It was, it, was, it was similar to that. I mean, he is he is convinced that Cowden Beef will be all right. And I suppose you, you have to be because you can't, I don't think that the players, if they hear their manager saying, listen guys, let's just get... <laughs> we're fucked. Uh, we're fucked. <laughs> listen, let's batten down the hatches to the end of the season and see if we're playing, I don't know, Bonnie Rigg or Fraserborough in the, in the playoffs and see but, but, how we but, get on there. But regardless of that, the, the fact that he kept saying, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, at, at no point was I convinced by his argument. I sound a little more like he was trying to convince himself. I think that, I mean, then the guy who's interviewed as well, they're fairly soft questions. That and as expect. is always the case. As always the case. You know, you're not going to get asked, uh, you know, I'm just sure the guy from, from Kimmy, so you were, had a fairly comfortable job in Notts County. Why did you choose to, <laughs> why did you choose to rock up at uh, County Beast? You know, he's not going to be, he's not going to be asked that. Um, but uh, it's difficult to, difficult to say a way back from him. And I hope, I mean, like I've said it before loads of times, I really, if I was picking teams to drop out the SPFL, me replace County Beast would not be one of them. I, I like County Beast a lot. I, I, I've said that a few times I've said that a few times down the years now and when, when Cownbeath are in this similar plight it's almost like I think they probably now have to prepare themselves for the for this playoff game for this for this playoff final I I, I don't see them getting out of it and then who are they going to play there? is it, is it Bonnie that gets top of the, the, the ah, doing pretty well at Lowland uh, we'll, we'll see how they're going I, I, I've, I've seen them in, in all the playoff finals and, and, and cheered them on they, they kind of keep doing this like they are eventually going to finish bottom and then drop away and, and hopefully they don't uh, but I am I am hugely concerned because they look they're so weak and quality wise there's not a lot the guys, there and, and the guys that are coming in as well you've got your Jacob Glass is coming who's signed who's playing football in the United States guy Andy Barman also playing football in the United not, States not that one not, not, not that one he's he's uh, he's retired and working for Joma <laughs> uh, and the guy Sam he, well he is he's, he is, uh, he is. he's working for I don't know why that was uh, <laughs> why that was funny 
<laughs> she tweets about he, he just tweets about Joma a lot. So I suppose it's like me and Palace. Uh, like Palace gear, I wear Palace a lot. He's probably just houses wall to wall Joma. Joma uh, Joma pyjamas um, but they've also signed a guy Sam Denham who's coming on loan 19 year old centre back that's coming on loan uh, from St Johnson he was at Brecon City oh wait no, no hang on hang on hang on hang on. he's uh, at Kelty Hearts as well yes uh, yeah, yeah I was going to say he's a sporting director but, but it's, it's still Joma daft yeah I mean, you go there's no getting away from that ah, you go around uh, to his, uh, look at his car registration plate there's a wee Joma like uh, Brandon on it J0N4 <laughs> <laughs> but are they, these players, it's like, are they are they better than what what they've got there already? I'm I'm not hundred uh, percent sure. And, and and the fact that they get you know the fact they got a few hundred people through the door, and are they going to be able to splash out in the giant transfer market? No, they'll, they'll be able to bring in more bodies. But whether these bodies are better than the guys that already have, which already look like they're not quite good enough, I no, I I, I don't think they can they can close that gap to the to the teams above them. The weekend, it's tennis nil count be three. <laughs> And that'll do us. Thank you very much to Sean. Thank you. Thank you very much to Telford. No, thank you. It's been uh, it's been good fun. We should do this more often. Yes, we should. Uh, am I getting expenses for this? I'm going to ask you now. Are you going to give me travel expenses for yes, this? Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, next time you go into a petrol station, just make sure you get a receipt and just send me a picture of it. Okay. What, Nick, that's completely relevant for this time. Why did you travel by train? No, travel by car. Oh, well, then that, that's the only way I'm going to give you expenses. I need a receipt. I travel by train, but the, 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 the kind of gate just... Gobbled up my ticket. Do you not have a return ticket? I can well, well, aye, but that'll do. I can. Can I show okay. you? Can I show you my bank statement? Uh, no, nope. where, where Just next. Just doesn't have to be this time. Just next time you go to a petrol station to get some, just get a receipt and just send me that. When you ah, ah right. That. So so right. I'm gonna fucking fill my tank up. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. Just do it. <laughs> Brilliant. You know I'll take jerry cans and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Slide them in the boot. Filling up bin bags. <laughs> <laughs> Billing it all to Fowler. That's uh, that, that's that, that's very kind. But no, this is class. Like I say, I've been looking forward to this all day, and it has uh, lived up to expectations and I hope. And and, and Tony made us chilly yes because yes. people won't be able to see this but we're in Tony uh, Tony's uh, back room and he's got uh, uh, um, Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2 on the wall and he's got a, it appears like a, a, a pin-up model with, with a fishbowl for a head wow makes you think doesn't it <laughs> I, I think Mandy designed all this so careful makes you think though doesn't it yeah you also liked his uh what was his alt, alt right artwork? Did you yes, see? he's got the he's got the Joker on the wall. Uh, like uh, sort of, I can just see uh, Tony uh, being inducted into a cell at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point soon. I hope it doesn't happen. I like him too much to to see him in trouble. <laughs> so thank you to everybody for listening. If you like to get in touch, the easiest way is Twitter at Terrace Podcast, and I think that's everything there is to say. Oh, Patreon! Yeah, we're doing the the mid season reviews for every team in the Scottish Premiership at the moment. So if you like to listen to that <coughs> and the lower leagues, it, and oh, the lower leagues, we might do something. And uh, we'll um, completely throw. <laughs> And there's also the review from the Terrace Network, where they're doing stuff like uh, they're doing pop culture podcasts, music podcasts, and still game. Oh, I won't be listening to that one. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> We've had some very nice reviews to the Still Game podcast so far. Who from? Uh, people on Twitter. <laughs> All right, okay. Still Game fans mainly. Right, okay. so not you or oh, Telford. Well, I wouldn't be trusting them. Aye. <laughs> Tell them to be trusting their opinion. Ah, oh, what the hell? They vote in a general election. <laughs> I've got a rough idea. I don't. <laughs> I don't. 
What would what would a still game fan vote in a general? Still, still game's it, got quite left leaning politics, to it, it. It doesn't matter what what Boris does. I'll he'll still have my backing. <laughs> <laughs> and the profile picture is at Winston or someone like that. That's the still, still game has a lot of complaints about how the government just want old men, uh, old men and old women to die, and they don't get enough benefits and the. the Cost of electricity is too much and stuff like that. That's, so that's an, very so left. Was, so it's an anti-SNP uh, program. I think at the time it was made, it was more Labour. Do, do you know something? I politics aside, I just wish it was funnier. new Labour. Not I just wish it was Labour. funnier. Yeah, that's 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 a big problem. Maybe these old men and women should actually campaign to be funny. That's, that's just my take on it. Just my take on it. You know something? Actually, I listened to the. I accidentally put it on by mistake, so I would never. I would never the, have gone the podcast away. or the show. Oh, the podcast! Ah, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of. I've actually just blocked that on my Netflix, so it doesn't doesn't come up. And I heard the theme. I heard the theme tune for it. Just like I was, I was thrown. I uh, did not expect that. Yes, Bethany done it. Right, right. Well, who, who who's Bethany? She's my co-host and my cousin. Right. Okay. So don't watch what you say about her in case it upsets your feelings. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's probably a good time to uh, wrap it up. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. What I think. I think about the theme tune off air. You know, you can't get hurt by things that are off air. Feelings. Air doesn't hurt feelings. Off air doesn't hurt feelings. Maybe it was a hot mic. Remember when? Um, remember it was a national scandal. You were talking about national scandals like Boris Johnson. It's Gordon Brown. No, no, no. Bigoted <laughs> <laughs> woman. I was going to say when uh, when uh, Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross phoned up Andrew Sachs and left a voicemail for him. They were that through the BBC into crisis. Absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. He fucked your granddaughter. Oh, that's poor behaviour, though, isn't it? That was really poor behaviour. Hi, Andrew Sachs, a nation's sweetheart. Those are the facts, Andrew Sachs. That was what they literally did. What? That was what they did when they done it. Just oh, left right, okay. Ah, they just left my voice note. <laughs> I liked it. I can't remember. Was it one of them tried to apologise, but then another one was just was just continuing in the background. Because there's, there's that. It's, 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 it's from from Judge Rinder or something. Like, there's two Scottish people on it, and someone's trying to apologise. <laughs> they start. Looks like looks like a dog was shagging her cat. Or something. Ah, that was it. <laughs> You're not even sorry. <laughs> Could you help but laugh every time they brought it up? She's like, I'm sorry. What do, you, what do you think at this point? I know kind of the, the lower league stuff isn't necessarily the, the sort of thing you'd uh, get involved. You're looking at the time there, so am I, am I keep it, are we keeping you for something, Fowler? Yes, mouse. All right, okay then. Um, that, that's fine. Did you enjoy it? Yes, it is. Uh, excellent. Let's that's fuck good. off then. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.